Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Janos and I'm the founder of uh, Like a Crocodile Games Studios. Okay, and what is Like a Crocodile Games uh, Studios about? Well, uh, it's a very small studio at this moment. It's only two of us, uh, but hopefully, you know, we'll grow big as we, as hopefully we'll make some good titles. Yeah. So right now we're just a small studio trying to, trying to create some unique games, I guess, like every other indie studio is yeah. trying. So um, yeah, I guess this is it right now. And, and you, so you're about to release your first game then, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, end of January. What up? Okay, so January two thousand and thirteen. What? Yeah, what platform right. uh, is the game going to be on? Uh, it's gonna be on uh, iOS for the time being. Uh, so focusing on uh, Apple devices, but uh, based on the success of the game, hopefully we can port it to Android and uh, maybe even you know bigger. Uh, platforms such as Xbox and PlayStation. Okay. And what um you know what type of game is it? What what's the name of it and yeah, what type of game is it? Okay, so it's called Tap Force and the force is uh, written with the double s in the end instead of c e. Okay, and so it's T A P F O R S S. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. Um, there is a story behind it. Uh, if you want, I will tell you later on. Um, so the game is why not now? Is okay, okay. I'll tell you right now. So it was until December. It was called just Force, uh, as with a C E F O R C E, and um, then we start thinking that you know it's such a such a common word that if anyone is going to Google search for this word. Uh, most probably we won't ever you know show up in the first 10 15 20 pages so we wanted to keep this word force but we wanted to make it unique so my actually my partner came up with this great idea to make it force and uh, since the game is is relying on on tap controls uh, so that's how we named it tap force okay and for the audience out there, you actually have a website up now for the game where they can actually check it out and see gameplay videos, right? Yeah, yeah. It's At www.tapforce.com. Okay, so www.tapforss.com. Yes, or you can see some uh, screenshots. There is a small intro about the game, and you can see some very interesting uh, gameplay videos as well. Yeah. Um, so is this your first game in general? I know it's the first game for the studio. Um, have you been doing game development before? Or what inspired you to get into game development? Uh, no, I haven't. This is my very first game ever. And basically, I was uh, in the past six years, I was working uh, for agencies. Uh, at, at my last job, I was a senior digital art director. And uh, to be honest, I, I felt I just, I'm not happy uh, yeah. working for agencies anymore. So I wanted to move on. And then, um, you know, Apple is doing really well. Mobile is doing really well. So I thought, why not try uh, the mobile platform? Okay. And 
I, w- I was looking, you know, if I should do an app or a game, but I see the, the app market is really filled. I mean, I can't think of an app which doesn't exist yet. So I decided let's try to do a, a create an interesting game instead. Okay. I mean, that's interesting because it seems like there's so many games out there too um, that the game market would also be filled. Why did you feel that the app market is filled but the game market isn't? Well, I mean, in a way that, you know, in games you can always come up with something new because yeah, that's true. There, there, yeah, there are no limitations. You know, a game can be about anything and can feature anything. So I just feel that, you know, the apps are limited with the things what we require in our everyday life. You know, you need a to-do app, you need a shopping app, etc. While games are always, you know, the games there are there are no limits. Yeah. Um, so what type of game did you decide to make? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of types of games that you can make. Um, yeah, what, which ones did you think about? Yeah, yeah. so I started game development in uh, 2011, February, and I was, I was focusing, I was trying to create a game which is, which is based on a very simple idea, because I believe that on the mobile platform, it's it, it has to be you know a, a very simple idea, and you just bring and create variety with with add-ons and levels and different things. But the idea has to be a simple one. So I was definitely thinking of 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 a simple platformer, you know, or some kind of two D game, something which is just good to kill some time, but. It, it will never be the same game experience what you get on the Xbox or the PlayStation. Okay. So that's what I had in mind. And um, since you started then, it seems like it's taken a long time to finish the game. What were some of the challenges you ran into while you're developing the game? Uh, yeah. Well, first I started with with another game, and then I spent about six months working on that game. And then I just decided, you know, let's start all over again with a different idea. I guess the real challenge was that I had no experience. And, you know, after six months trying to create something, I realized that there is a better way to do things in in programming and, and in other things. So that was the real challenge. And I started working on Tap Force in uh, December 2011 so yeah it's been a year and still even even up to date uh, I, I see things I always find better ways to do things yeah. so you know the game looks very polished do you feel that that was the best strategy or should you have released a very simple game up front so you could just see the whole experience of publishing a mobile game well, thank you. Um, I think to be successful in the App Store, it's one of the things is like is creating a very polished game. So I was trying to balance this to to keep the same the the same simple idea, but at the same time let's do something very polished and something very unique, you know, interesting looking. 
and um, so far I'm I'm getting some really good feedback on on the on the graphics on the art of the game. Yeah. Uh, you know the the controls of the game. You kind of use uh, kind of joystick controls, except the the joystick is more of like a button, right? Or not really. Okay. I mean, yeah, we have three buttons. Sure. And w one up and one left and one right. Okay, yeah. Basic, yeah so basically the term I have for that is what I call casual joystick controls, where it's not as complicated as like, you know, the freeform joystick controls. But oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, because when you said joystick, the first thing came to my mind is, you know, when you basically your thumb, you just move oh, one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen yeah. that. I've seen that people have tried to do that in mobile, and that's what I was going to point out is that you kind of found a way where it's more accessible. You know, you've got, you allow a little complexity because you have multiple buttons, but it's not totally complicated. Um, yeah. And it's simple to yeah. use. What I was going to ask is, how did you come up with those controls? And what was the prototyping process to finally stabilize on that control system? Okay. Uh, i tell you how uh, Tap Force was born. Uh, in, in December, actually, I decided to, I wanted to create a golf game. I was uh, inspired this, uh, I was inspired by this super stick man golf, I think it's called. I, I'm not sure. Okay. I'll check. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I just wanted to create a golf game. And what I did first is I, I created the, the scenery and then I just dropped it. It was done in physics. And I just dropped in this golf ball. I just wanted to check how it's going to work, you know, the physics, the, the yeah. bounce of the ball, etc. And then I realized that I need uh, further testing on that. So I just added these three buttons, uh, the, the up, left, and right, just in order for myself to be able to move around that, that ball in that, in that level, in that very early, very simple map. And basically, this is this was the thing that I just I just realized that this is really cool that I can, with with tapping, I can just move around this this ball, applying force, uh, and 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 that's how it all started. Okay, and um, as you were developing it, did you have to make any other major changes, or um, were there any surprises as you were developing it? Yeah, all the time, every month, every single month, that was a huge change. Uh, the art, I have changed a lot. I got some uh, great feedback from my partner and from my friends. So I think it's mainly the art what has changed a lot. I would say it's been through three, four major changes where it is now. And even since I did the, the trailer video, which you can see on the website, I have changed the art a little bit again. Okay. Um, you know what's interesting about your art is that it's, it's more abstract versus having a specific theme, you know, like a cute bunny theme or a cat theme. Um, any thoughts on that? Because I've seen like very successful games. Not only do they nail the gameplay down, but they also have a, a theme that's cute or accessible to most of the mobile audience. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, I, I see a lot of those clones where, where, where you know, they just try to create something cu cute. There's a, a cute animal and, you know, 
the, the style is just this cartoonish uh, yeah. kind of uh, thing. And I just feel it's just, it's just, we have enough in the app store, you know, if you're looking for that, that kind of style. And I, I just wanted to create something different, something unique, which, which will definitely, you know, like grab people's attention. Because yes, this is something new. It's not the it's not the cute frog. It's not the cute rabbit. It's something new. Plus, I think that the gameplay of Tap Force is more serious. Yeah. So, I I needed to to apply a, a different style. Okay. I mean, I I think that's that's different. I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the audience in mobile are kids and I know that they respond a lot better it seems to like you know cute types of graphics I mean the gameplay can be different um, you know having cute graphics doesn't necessarily mean you're cloning other people's gameplay obviously your gameplay is a bit different but that's why I was curious whether you felt as part of the marketing or something else you need you considered maybe trying to have that theme that's more accessible to more of the kid base or even the casual audience base. Okay. Well, by by clones, I, I meant that you know that there's just a lot of cute animals yeah. around the app store these days. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> well, I think that's fascinating that you kind of look at artwork as a clone. You know, when when game designers or developers think about clones, they're more focused on the gameplay as cloning. Well, whereas yeah, even that we have a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, in the pre-interview, you mentioned that you used uh, Corona to develop this, right? And that's actually, yep. I saw your post on the Corona forum. That's how I found um, found out about your game. Can you talk about um, how you got into Corona? And you also mentioned that you're thinking about leaving Corona, which, you know, I'm fascinated to hear. Because I've used Corona, and I'm just fascinated at how quick it is. So I'd love to hear why you think why you're thinking of leaving it, too. Yeah, sure. So uh, when I decided to do game development, uh, obviously I did my research that what platform I should use, and and of course the the native uh, Apple platform would be the best. But uh, I don't have a programming background other than doing some Flash stuff. So I felt that learning C plus plus or Objective C plus plus is is not an option, or it would take you know too much time. Yeah. So uh, I was I was looking for something which which would make it a lot easier, and of course I found all these uh, game engines and, and these SDKs, and I just found Corona to be the best at that point. So that's why I went with Corona, and I have to say that since I started game development in Corona, uh, it has um, it has. Uh, progressed so much further so it, it knows so much more this time than it knew that time so that's a great thing about corona but uh, again it, it's not a native platform and yeah. that's where i see the the limits of of corona engine that uh, especially when it comes to you know like a, a complex game where you want to maintain a 60 fps gameplay then I just I just found Corona that it, it has its own limits. So when you're trying to create something complex and big, then I think you have to go native. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, is, is that why you were thinking about leaving Corona? Because yeah. I was just reading on their blog, there's this game called Fun Run. It's a multiplayer game. It's done in Corona. And now they're, like at, the, they're at the top of the iPhone charts and Android. And they're like in the top grossing on iPhone. So, you know, and, and they're, they're a platformer, right? They're a side-scroller. Okay. So well, I, I just don't know if that matters as much. Because I know the time to actually do native coding is so much more. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear. I just wasn't sure if there's another reason you're thinking about leaving Corona. I thought maybe it's because you were talking about getting your game on Xbox and um, PlayStation. And I know that Unity would then be more suited for that. Because I think it's it's cross platform across those all those platforms. Yes, that's right. That's right. I mean, Unity is 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 the engine what I have in mind for the future, and uh, I don't know this game what you just mentioned. I I have to look and 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 check this. I use Corona. I mean, just so the audience knows. I mean, that's why <laughs> you know I've covered it a decent amount. But I noticed that they also have a lot of code modules that are very useful to finish up whatever you need to do. Um, because I've seen really good games that just don't take off on the App Store. And I think, like, you know, you have, to, you have to learn all these other different things, I feel, to actually have a chance to make it work. Like, for example, that Fun Run game, they're, they're actually looking for your Facebook friends. You get your Facebook friends and then those are the people you race against, right? So tapping into Facebook, that means you have to understand Facebook Connect, right? You have to understand, like, I think they even have a login system. So they have, like, a multiplayer backend. So you actually need to understand server coding and all these other things. So I feel like a lot of the more successful games nowadays have to understand multiple parts of the platform or multiple kind of programming systems to actually have a chance. And there's no guarantee but that's to really stand out. I mean, because it's pretty amazing that Fun Run, at least yesterday when I was looking at it, it's in the top 25 grossing on iPhone, which, is prob which probably means it's doing well. Um, and this is like their second game or something. So they also learned a lot from their first game. So I think that's one of the other benefits of these quick prototyping tools is that you can learn a lot more, more quickly so that you can apply that to the game that finally works. Um, so yeah, so that's that's my feeling on it, but okay. but I mean I'm just surprised that you feel that native is that important. Um, yeah, yes, I agree. Corona is very powerful and and definitely one of the best tools out there to do prototyping. And don't get me wrong, I, I really I'm I'm really happy with Corona, but again, for example, if I try to run my game on on an older I device such yeah. as like let's see a second or a third generation iPod, then I can see that it, it's not performing the the way I wish it would. Yeah, you know that's a really good point. I think one of the things with Corona is that a lot of the older devices are definitely not supported as well with Corona. Even if you look at Android, they are supporting ARM seven, ARM v seven. So ARMv6, which is kind of like with a lot of the older devices and even devices in third world countries, aren't supported by Corona. And that means you miss out to an extent on actually having the broadest appeal, potentially. Now that Fun Run game has done a good job, but 
you're right. That is definitely one of the benefits of native. The question, though, is how many of the people still have those older generation devices? It might be a lot. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if they're still downloading apps. But that is a good question to see, you know. If you could just say that again, because it was cutting off and oh, I, sure, I, I didn't sure. get it. Um, just, a, just a question. Oh, yeah. So the question is, is, are there a lot of people actually still using those old devices? Or, oh. or are, is it all moving now towards these new devices anyways? It's like iPad 4 and, you know, the Kindle and all these other devices. And so I don't know. I mean, it's, it is a mix. I think for any indie studio, at least the, the listeners in the audience who want to turn this not just into a game but into a studio, there are a lot of business considerations you need to keep in mind to actually succeed. Right? Like, yes. And for example, marketing, it's like for your game, and that's what I wanted to discuss next. It's now you've got a game, you know, it's an interesting game. You said that a lot of people are giving you constructive feedback on the game. Are, I mean, the people that have played it, do they like it? Um, I have to say the people who, who like this genre, you know, this, I would say this 2D arcade platformer. Yes, they love the game. Of course, you will find people who, who are more into card games or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. They, yeah, they don't like it. They won't like it. But I guess it's not just with my game. It will be yeah, it's true. On any, yeah, any other similar game. So the question... Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just one more thing regarding that, that native versus not native thing. You know what? What if you, for example, if you take Angry Birds and you yeah. run it on a second or a third generation iPod Touch, it uh, will run just as smooth as on right. the iPhone 5. And uh, that's something I wish for and that's something I would like to achieve. I, I really don't know how, how, many these, um, how many of these old devices are, are there at this time. But You're I right. Think I mean, for network effect, that's so critical. I think, though, yeah. one strategy that I feel is valid is that what you do is you release the game using Corona or some other development tool that's quick. See if it works. If it works, like see see that fun run game? Now it's gotten over a million, it's gotten a few million downloads or whatever it is. It's wow. pretty popular. And now that they're making enough money, they can just pay someone to port it to the older devices if they want to. But let's say that because their first game, it didn't seem like it worked well. It didn't succeed. So if they would have spent all that time on actually making sure it was native and pure and everything else, they would have not even had the chance to work on the second game that finally took off. And now that they're making enough revenue, they might be able to invest in, in making it more accessible. Because you're right, to become something like Angry Birds or Cut the Rope or Fruit Ninja, you have to work on as many of the devices as possible. And even Temple Run. You know, I'm fairly confident. I don't think Temple Run was done in Corona. It may have been done in Unity. You know, um, I don't know if they used Unity, but obviously they need to have good performance. And yes, you know, so so I understand that, but I just feel like, as a business, you have to figure out. Like for example, you've got a game that people in, who like that genre like it, but how are you going to get discovered? You know, and that's what I was going to ask you: is what are you going to do to get the word out there? Obviously, this interview might help a little. But to really get mainstream and to see everyone, to get everyone to check it out, what, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think that's that's a great challenge for every indie developer or yeah. every small studio. I think we are all struggling with that, and obviously there is one option if you go to a big publisher, which which I tried and and I just didn't like the terms. You know how it would work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so other than that, I think it's just like there is there is a list you have to put together with like with like 20, 30 items on it and you just have to make sure that you you, you can put a check on, on each and you have to go through these things that go to websites, try to talk about your game, open forum topics and again try to promote your game but us, we, we have a budget for advertising as well so we, we will advertise as soon as, soon as the game is uh, out Oh, wow. So are you going to buy ads where people, you know, in some of these other games, they're like, download this app. And like, is that the kind of advertising you're talking about? Or are you going to advertise on the web? On the web, on the web. Okay. Yeah. So we have a budget for that. It's not a huge budget, but uh, it's definitely better than nothing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as soon as, a few hundred people will start downloading, or, or let's say a few thousand will start downloading the game. And then, uh, of course, they can tell their friends. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna talk about it. So, well, um, that's the question. I mean, there's. Do you have an option where people can share the game on Facebook, or tell their friends via Facebook, or something else like that? Like, or are you just primarily depending on word of mouth or something? No, no. Of course, we have social media integrated into the game. Okay. So if you finish a level, you can share it on Twitter. You can share it on Facebook. Uh, yes, we we have these things. But I I think this is just an extra. This is something good to have. But I don't believe that only this can make your game well. No, known I'm not. But for can... example, the Fun Run game. You know what's interesting <laughs> about them is that they. You know, because I think it's fascinating. I don't know if they even did advertising. But because they got it so that people are playing with each other or telling their friends, because they have to tell their friends as part of the game, because it's a multiplayer game, then it created more awareness. I think the mm -hmm. challenge with physics games is how do you create that awareness? Because the physics game is more single player than multiplayer, and for a lot of the games anyways. Yeah. It really sounds like that you love this game. and I'm No, I don't. I actually do not like the game. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I played the game, and I don't like it. But I am fascinated that it got to the top. I mean, I think that's inspiring. When okay, you. you have a tool that allows you to... Because, look, I'm, I'm always fascinated, and the audience is always fascinated by people who are small developers who, who beat the odds. Right, they don't yeah. spend fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. Like you know, if you're a big company, like EA or somewhere else, then you can spend a million dollars on the App Store to get all the downloads. But if you're a small company or you're an indie studio, how do you get that exposure? How do you become like Temple Run? And for me, I think that's part of the fascination, at least on this show, is how do you get to that point? Um, so I'm not focusing on that game, like saying, oh, wow, that's awesome. But for me, it's amazing that 
something that is non-native. You know, because when you think of Corona, it's almost like a toy. You know, it's it's unbelievable that something that easy could create a potential potentially huge success. So to me, that's amazing. And and I think it's worth discussing because you know the question is is how do you become that success? You know, and you have your game, which is awesome, but. I feel like there's all these other things, like like you were even mentioning, having an advertising budget. That's something that a lot of indie developers wouldn't think about. So I think it's interesting to discuss that and just see what are other facets or venues that you're going to use to promote the game and stand out. But we can also talk more about the gameplay, too. Um, if you want to discuss that more, we can do that, too. Yeah, sure. I mean, back to this topic, just, just for a little... Yeah. Yes, I think that's a great strategy. What you just described—that you do, you do some prototypes or you do some some initial games in Corona, and just like how these guys did—that you release one game, then you release the next game, and if it works, if it does well, then then yes, you you go on and you and you hire some people and you develop it, you know, in a native environment. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And to be honest, this is uh, pretty much our strategy as well. So uh, that's that's why we are doing Tap Force in okay. Corona, and then hopefully later on we can do it in Unity. You need to take that call. Oh no, no, it's just an alarm. <laughs> okay, um, all right. But okay, so so the next step is what? Um, yeah. And just talking about this game, which you mentioned that, uh, from my understanding, that you pick your uh, uh, your uh, your games, your fights on Facebook with your friends, right? I think so. I think it's something where you can challenge random people, or you can also okay. pick the people on Facebook. And what kind of game is that? Is it like a word game or a... no? It's it's a platformer. It's like you're racing okay. five four other. Or actually, three other characters in the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> but actually, but I think what's interesting about that is that that's the other thing about this app store is that these things kind of come in waves, right? Like last year, Temple Run became huge, right? And then you have all these other games that are like Temple Run. So what I yeah. noticed in the last two or three months is that this multiplayer racing that's become huge. Someone actually came up with the bike app, like a motorcycle bicycle racing game. That did pretty well. And then, you know, now people are used to that, so then they're looking for other similar games. Yeah. Like, even with I, Temple Run, I don't know if you heard of the Subway. There's, like, a Subway uh, Surfer or something or whatever it is. Or, and, <laughs> and it's similar to Temple Run, except it's just uh, more colorful. So people actually, some of them like that more than Temple Run. So I'm just, I mean, it's good to understand these patterns, and kind of, kind of like how these things work, because it seems like whenever one company comes up with a new pattern that works, then there are a lot of followers that do it, and they get similar success. Not similar, but you know, some kind of success sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Just like I think it's all started with uh, draw something. Yeah, I think that that was the first game where you could, you know, like call your friends for a challenge, and yeah, as as we've seen, you know, it well, worked. Really well. Even before Draw Something, there was a game called Words with Friends. And there are actually other games where, it was like, Words with Friends was like Scrabble. 
Yes. And you would play that, like you would challenge your friends and whatever, and that was very popular. And Draw Something took that mechanic and then they obviously combined it with Pictionary. Um, and then Which now, was something new. Yeah, so they mixed it up. But now what's interesting is there's these other games called Dice with Buddies, <laughs> where, <laughs> where it's like you challenge your friends, I think, to dice or something or rolling the dice. So, so yeah, so I just like discussing kind of like what's working in the app store because it's good to know. Because, for example, with your game, what if it's one new mechanic and, and added to your current game that makes it stand out? What if you did make it multiplayer? I know you said that um, you may not have thought about that, but what if you did make it multiplayer and that is what made it become a huge, super huge success? Because I think... Apple released uh, stats where they, they have now like over 700,000 apps. So, yeah, you know, I mean, in this, in this business, there's a lot of what if, you know, and, and yeah, of, of, of course, you know, after you released or after you, you've seen some great ideas, you, you always say like, Oh, I wish I did that. Oh, I wish I have done that. But well, uh, what I'm, what what I'm trying to focus with Tap Force uh, in, in in this field is that uh, I created a, a really cool uh, scoring system. Yeah. Uh, so basically, your score will be based on how many lives you keep. Okay, how many taps you you require to to finish the level and the time. So these okay. three things together will make up a score, and I'm I'm hoping that on Game Center, this this will create some some big competition between people. You know where you basically where you try the same level over and over again just to just to do it like one or two points better and and beat the other people. So I'm 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 trying to focusing on that. And also, for example, if you if you finish a level, you can you can tweet your score, and it has a it has a funky message. It, it, it's a really cool tweet, which yeah. is like mentioning, you know, oh, I just finished this and that level with this many taps, uh, uh, taking this many seconds. So I'm hoping that this will create that 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 buzz uh, for the people to compete with each other. Yeah. And um, uh, also, just one more thing that yeah. I'm trying. The, the tap force has that element, which I would say, like Super Mario that you can finish the level, some levels like kind of easy, but in order to, to achieve like three stars and to collect everything, uh, you really have to do it like, you know, several times. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and how many levels does your game have at this point? We will launch with 50 levels. And of course, in the pipe pipeline, we have uh, we have new planets. Basically, it's all playing on a planet. So what you see in the trailer, that's planet Ina. Yeah. Uh, and it has its own uh, atmosphere, and we have this idea that we're going to bring in new levels with. I mean, sorry, new planets with different atmosphere. For example, maybe one under the water. Or, or one in the space. So, yeah, we're going to start with 50 levels. 
And what's the business model you're going to use? Are you going to give it free to play with in-app purchases or are you going to charge up front? Yeah, the plan is that you get the game for free. You get 25 levels, which will be enough for you to decide if you like the game or not. And then as an in-app purchase, you can, you can buy the, the, the second half, the second 25 levels. Um, you know, I read something where people suggest that you give away only one-fourth free. And then you, char- you, know, then you give like, say, maybe you gave away 25 levels, but then you, gave, then you could actually buy 75 more levels in a pack. Um, what inspired you to do half and half versus, say, 25-75 or 33-66 or something like that? Okay. Well, I wish that we could have 100 levels, but to be honest, just me working on this, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And what I find the most difficult and most challenging is, is basically designing levels. Because, you know, when you create an enemy or an obstacle, that's, that's coding, testing, coding, and then it works. Yeah. But to design levels and make sure that they are getting more and more difficult, that's, that's, that's not easy. So uh, I think, you know, I just decided, okay, let's do 50 levels and we need to launch. We need to see how, how people like the game, what's, what's the response. Because, again, you know, if people are just going to hate it, then it's not really worth spending another six months just to do another 50 levels. Okay. But in order to, to, to give away the right amount of levels for free, the thing with Tap Force that the first five levels is just about you getting used to the controls. Because, okay. you know, some people don't get it for the first time that you need to keep tap, tap, tap in order to apply force on the ball. So the the really cool stuff comes after, I would say, level 15. And after level 20, you see some really, really excellent uh, enemies and, and really interesting obstacles. So I wanted to make sure that for, for, for free, you can really taste how the game play is going to be because if I would just give away 10 levels then some people might say that oh this is too easy you know there's nothing challenging in this so I I know it's a risky decision but hopefully it will work okay and um, you know you mentioned that you're going to release at the end of January but it sounds like your game is almost ready to go now Uh, why wait until the end of January why not try to release it now as quickly as possible um, okay, of course, we are still doing some bug fixes, you know, I have around like 30 people testing the game and playing, so I want to make sure that it will be as stable as possible. Of course, there will be bugs when a million people would try it, but that's yes. one thing. The second thing is that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm First, I registered as an Apple developer myself, as an individual, okay? And then uh, I partnered up with my partner last year in March. Uh, By the way, since then, I can do the game full-time. So since last year, March, I'm working on this full-time. I quit my job. Uh, And uh, I'm still waiting for Apple to... um, to, to, to finish the registration for the for the company 
Okay. So we'll have the uh, yeah developer account for the company, and then uh, I can just finish up some some things. There's like a, a few final touches in Game Center and here and there. So uh, I wanted to make sure that I have to, you know like a safe window in order to finish everything, and I don't need to rush. So that's why we we uh, decided to do end of gen. Okay. So what would you say are you know some of the top three, say, learning experiences or learning lessons you've had working on this game. You know, it is your first game. You know, this is a new platform for you. Um, I guess, what are you going to learn from this that you're going to apply to, you know, your future mobile projects? Yeah. Uh, okay. I think the first thing is that you really have to uh, make sure that... Uh, well, I think it's the best if, you, if you're coming with a programming background, which I didn't really have. So I think that if, if you don't have the knowledge, then a lot of time you will need to go back and redo things, and that's going to slow you down. So I think you have to make sure that you have, you have the right knowledge. If you're a great programmer, but you're not good with art, then you should just partner up with someone. That's the first thing. So make sure that you, you know what you're doing. Okay. Uh, the second thing, I think, is that uh, you have to you have to have not just your friends and family trying the game from the early stage. So I think you have to make sure that you approach people you don't even know with different uh, age groups, because to be honest, your friends and your family will always give you positive feedback because they are trying to support you. So. I think it's very important that you make sure that actually people who are not your friends and not your dad, mom, that they also like the game, they like the prototype, and they, they just see something in there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And the third thing is that... Uh, um, I don't know. It's just... I would say it takes a lot of time. It takes, you know, just like crazy amount of time and and obviously you have to do some sacrifices here and there and uh, unless you do something extremely simple you have to you have to have in mind that doing a game will take you months and I think some people you know when they see how powerful Corona is they just think that okay I can finish this game in two weeks and yes some they do but I think you have to you have to have in mind that this will take at least six months if you're trying to do something decent. Okay. So, at the end of January, when you do release the game, are you going to then spend the following months just purely marketing it, or are you going to also start developing other games next? Good question. Of course, uh, we and I will try my best to to do the best possible marketing and go around and try to have some uh, websites to review it but of course uh, my life doesn't just stop there so it's basically it, it's depending on the success of the game because if it's going to be successful then yes most probably I'll work on new planets new updates or I will start working on a new game or Maybe I even have to go back uh, to to my full-time job. You know, the other question is, is with Corona, you can put it on Android 
pretty easily too, or even some of these other platforms. Are you going to do that also, or are you going to just focus on iPhone at this point? Uh, well, the release is definitely just um, iOS. Uh, okay. We have Android in the pipeline. However, I'm I'm already afraid of you know of porting this game to Android because I know that uh, some of the some of the features of Corona won't work on the iOS. They just don't yeah. work on Android yet. So I'm afraid that will be an issue. And secondly. It's just the the fragmentation between Android devices. Uh, just even from now, I feel that's going to be uh, a huge challenge to to make sure that you know it's going to run well on every device on all these different uh, screen sizes. So uh, yes, Android is in the pipeline, but uh, again, it depends on the success of the game. Okay. Um. You know, and it sounds like you you mentioned that uh, you're working on this full time now. Do you have any suggestions? Because you know, a lot of listeners, maybe hobbyists or people who do games in their part time, you know, and they have the day job. Do you feel that? I mean, that seems like a big risk to work on it full time. What what inspired you to do that in March? Yeah. Okay. So what happened is that, as I said earlier, that. I started working on Tap Force uh, in December, and just imagine working for an agency, which is a daily eight or or ten hours, and then sometimes weekends. It's very stressful, and it takes all your creative energy and and just most of your time. So, how it was that I would go to work, come back, go to gym, come back home again, have dinner, etc. And then if I'm lucky, I have one or one and a half hour every day around 11 p.m. or midnight to work on Tap Force. So that was just a huge barrier. Uh, I just felt, you know, like uh, I, I can't progress fast enough with the game. So by March, I reached... Uh, I reached a point with this game that I could just show it to some people and and uh, basically this is what I did that I, I I went to this friend and I approached him that look I have this game and I want to do this full time and basically I'm looking for a partner and uh, this is what happened uh, my partner his name is Zaman he really liked the game and we talked about some business terms and then we decided okay let's create like a crocodile game studios and with his support i could afford to go full-time with this game you know what's interesting is that a lot of indie developers will just try to develop the game on their own you know without help or even trying to get a partner i think it definitely does help to have a partner what inspired you to even actively pursue a partner instead of just doing it on your own and maybe using the Corona forums or something else for feedback and, and you know, support. Yeah, what, what inspired me is that I think only the indie developers who, for example, are students, you know, or are still uh, living with parents, that they can manage to spend enough time on a game to finish. Or, or of course, the, indie, the indies who, who have made it already and, and yeah. they can just... Uh, uh, they have the the money to finance themselves, but I think if you have a full time job and you know if you have your obligations, then 
then then you just can't have enough time to to uh, to finish something big. So I would say tap force with with the fifty levels and twenty different oh, yeah. enemies and obstacles. It's it's quite big, and I just saw that it's it's not progressing fast enough. So mm-hmm. if I didn't make this step, then I would say I would still be halfway through the game. Okay. So. Uh, uh, and other than this, I think it's great to have a partner who has, you know, business interest in the game. So I have to yeah. say that Zaman has been like a great support for me with ideas, you know, with like, uh, you need someone who, who, again, who has business interest in the game as well. So it's not just your friend who's going to say, yeah, that's, that's great. Just go ahead with this. But someone who can be there and, and look at it in a Way that you wouldn't. So, I I think from from many many ways, it's it's, it's great to have a partner. Yeah, and I think what's exceptional is that you actually had a prototype when you approached them, uh, whereas most developers would have just gone up front and just tried to find someone without having a prototype to show, and just see if you know the two could work together. What inspired you to only approach someone after you had a prototype? Basically, how it was that I really wanted to do this game just by myself. I mean, even before, I had some people coming to me that, oh, I heard you're working on a game, so if if you need a partner, just let me know. But I was oh, just wow. always saying, no, 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 no way. <laughs> yes, because it's it's here in, in Bahrain, it's a small market. It's yeah. it's a very small country. So basically, if you do something really good, then then people will hear about you. And I was in advertising. I was working on uh, one of the biggest telecoms in Bahrain. Okay. So kind of, you know, in this digital industry, people knew my name. So when they heard that I'm working on a game, they, they thought, mm-hmm. okay, it's going to be something good. And... Okay. I, I really didn't want to 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 share this thing with anyone else or have a partner. But basically what happened is that in March I just realized that it's just not gonna happen this way because you know, like doing a creative job for eight hours and you get back home, you just can't be creative enough. Yeah. You don't have enough power left. So it's basically it's it's not that I did a prototype and then approached someone to be my partner it's I was working on a game and I realized I can't do it with a partner I, okay. I cannot finish it okay um, and now when you got the partner were you meeting every day or, or how did the process work or what was that process that actually allowed you then to accelerate development and be way more effective I mean something that maybe the audience can learn from and use with their own games Okay. Well, we have meetings uh, every week. So every week, uh, I meet him. I still, I still work uh, from home. I have a, a very small office at home, and this is where I do all the work. Uh, I would say it's just the fact that you can focus only on this and nothing else. And if you wish, you can spend ten hours a day on on your game. I think that's the that's the best benefit of of having a, a supportive, great partner. And again, he is not a coder. He is not a designer. He's more like a businessman, but he's a he's a cool businessman. Yeah. So, and and he's a big gamer as well. 
So basically, when when I share a build with him, he 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 always gives me uh, very useful feedback on the game itself. So I think it's just the fact that if you can find someone who can who can support you and you can you can afford to to leave your job behind and focus on this, I think that's just great. Okay. And what suggestions? Um, I mean, is there anything else you want to discuss uh, related to your game? Um, or that you think would be interesting to the audience? Because the, the next question I was just going to ask is, um, you know, what, I guess, suggestions do you have for developers out there as they, as they start their own first game? Okay. Uh, well, what I would like to say about Tap Force is that I'm sure you know some of these games, like uh, I think it was uh, um, Super Hexagon, right? Yeah. Which is basically it's it's based on a very very difficult challenging gameplay, while the graphics aren't that polished. And I think we we have seen a lot of these games. I think there was one which is like V V V this V five times as well, and some some of these games which are like they they they're very simple but they are very very challenging. And what I was trying to achieve, the tap force, that I keep the challenge from those games, but still you do this in a, in a very polished environment. So I think this game is, is for those gamers who, who are up for some serious gaming challenge. It's, it's definitely not the, not the game where you just, you know, like you pass one level after the other and like two stars, three stars. You know, in, in, in Tap Force, you have to realize things, you know, you have to try it in different ways. So later on, I would say after level 15 or 20, it, it, it's very challenging. And, and I'm, I'm focusing on those, those heavy, hardcore gamers. That's, uh, that's what I would say about Tap Force. And uh, suggesting other developers... Um, I don't think at this stage I can really do that. I mean, like, maybe if we have another chat, you know, after I release the game. Sure. Because at this time, you know, like, I really can't tell if it's going to if it's gonna be a good, uh, a good uh, success or not. So I would just sound, I think, a bit silly if, you know, if I would suggest anything now and then uh, three weeks later I'm going to fail. Okay. That's, um, you know, that's definitely reasonable to say that. Um, so once again, for the audience out there, uh, the, the game is called Tap Force, and you can find it on the website uh, tapforss.com, and it'll yeah. be on the App Store at the end of January 2013. Yes. And uh, they'll just, they can just type in Tap uh, Force in the App Store to find it, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and I don't think that uh, the search will bring up anything else but that force. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, that's I, I like that idea where it's just unique enough where no one will <laughs> no yes. one will mistake it. So thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care. Bye. Bye.